0: Welcome to the Scratch My Brain Podcast, brought to you by ScratchMyBrain.com. Hi, how you doing? This is Jeff Albert, and uh, you're listening to Scratch My Brain Podcast number one. This is the first one, so I'm going to tell you a little bit about what we're going to do and what this is going to be all about. Scratch My Brain is actually a blog that I run. At scratchmybrain.com. It's about music and arts, and uh, we sort of focus on jazz and improvised music and some of the business issues that surround 21st century creativity. Some of the ways that uh, musicians and artists are going to be able to uh, take advantage of the internet and emerging technologies to promote their work and and allow themselves to continue to create the art that they make. Um, In this podcast, and all the future podcasts, we're going to discuss some of the issues that uh, I write about in the blog. And the blog occasionally has other writers as well. Um, But we're going to discuss some of those issues. Uh, There will be, I'm sure, a healthy dose of self-promotion. Some of it less subtle than other instances. We're going to play some music for you. I'm going to review music and uh, CDs and concerts and whatnot, and hopefully do some interviews with some artists as well. Several podcasts have been uh, sort of influential it helped help me decide to get this going. Um, one of which is D.D. D. Jackson's podcast. Um, I sort of got the interview idea from him. He does a, a great thing speaking to all sorts of creative and interesting people. Um, Robin Eubanks has a very cool podcast that I've been checking out. That's, uh, also been inspirational. Uh, there's a great podcast. that's just about all music on, uh, redjazz.com, run by Corey out there in California. Um, which has been a great place that I've gone to check out new tunes and find new things. Um, so those are all podcasts worth checking out. And, uh, another interesting use of the technology that I've been enjoying is the, uh, podcast of the WNYC show Soundcheck, usually hosted by John Schaefer. Um, living in Louisiana, I don't get broadcast WNYC and can't always be my by my computer or my XM radio to hear the show when it's on, but the podcasts are great. They just automatically show up in my player and I can take them wherever I want and listen to them. And uh, so hopefully you will do the same with this. One of the other podcasts that I've been listening to so far this year comes from com. That's I-N-D-I-E-I-S-H dot com. And uh, they're running a podcast called CC365. It's a Creative Commons calendar where uh, every day they podcast one song that's been issued under a Creative Commons license. Um, and it's very cool. It's, you wake up every morning and there in your RSS reader is a brand new tune. Um, there's some self-promotion here because one of my songs was the tune for January 7th. Um, Lunch is the question off my CD one, which you can hear at JeffAlbert.com that's the self-promotional part there um, anyway but if you check out dot com CC 365 remixing pop culture is what he calls it and it's a it's a it's a very interesting concept and it takes advantage of the Creative Commons licensing and if you're not familiar with Creative Commons uh, Creative Commons is an organization that's uh, offering licensing and copyright help to uh, to sort of your modern artists that uh, they create licenses that you can use to uh, give people permissions to use your work. For example, I have some pieces on my website at jeffalbert.com that are issued under a music sharing license uh, that essentially tells people up front, look, you can share this music. I want you to give it to your friends. Um, You know, I want you to tell people about it. It's okay. You don't have to worry about getting sued. To uh, if you download this song from my website and give it to a buddy or put it in a file-sharing network or whatever. Um, so the Creative Commons people have done a lot of work to, to help us uh, and provide these licenses, which, which is advantageous to the artists because by issuing some of that material under these Creative Commons licenses, I've had songs show up in podcasts in Japan and Germany and all over the place um, things that I didn't even know about. And it wasn't promotion that I had to go out and do and work to get. It was promotion that showed up, uh, without any work on my part, other than putting the music up under this creative commons license. Um, so you can check out the creative commons stuff at creativecommons.org.org. org. And, uh, it's a very, uh, worthwhile organization and check it out. They probably have something to offer you. um, they definitely do. And a new song every day from Indieish.com. So uh, check that out. That'll be fun. I've uh, talked too much so far, so I'm going to play a song for you now. This is uh, something that was issued a few years ago by a guitarist named Jesse Lewis. The name of the album is Union. And it's issued on Lakefront Digital. You can uh, check it out at lakefrontdigital.com. This song is called White Pond Song. White Pond song from Jesse Lewis's CD called Union, available at lakefrontdigital.com. Jesse is uh, living in the New York City area these days, so uh, if you're up there, keep an eye out for him. Fabulous guitarist, wonderful musician. One of the issues that's uh, been kind of prevalent on Scratch My Brain lately is the issue of digital rights management, or DRM. Um, which many people know, uh, heard about recently from the, the whole fiasco around some Sony records releases that had, uh, some pretty evil software on them, messing up people's computers and whatnot. Um, digital rights management, really the whole concept of it is about companies' desire to control how and where we listen to the music that we buy from them. Um, it's ostensibly done uh, to prevent piracy, you know, their thing is, well, we'll put this, this rights management on here so that, that people won't steal our music. But I think it's just as much done to, uh, to enforce corporate competition or advantages in corporate competition. For example, the, the music that you buy on the iTunes Music Store has a DRM on it that allows it to only be played on iPod portable players. So if you have an iRiver or any other sort of MP3 player, the tunes that you buy at the iTunes Music Store don't work on your player. I mean, there's ways around that, which I think we all know. Um, but it would be nice to be able to just load the files onto your player. And conversely, the, uh, the files you get from some other services that have fallen on, fallen on the Windows Media Player side won't play on your iPod if you have an iPod. So while, you know, what what they initially say is that, oh, this is about preventing piracy. Well, it's really about, you know, Steve Jobs and Bill Gates fighting. Um, it's, it's about, does this player, you know, if you have my player, then you have to buy your tunes from me. Or if you buy your tunes from me, you have to use my player. And Apple's in a good spot there because lots of people have iPods. I have an iPod. I love my iPod. I think it's great. I'm an Apple guy. You know, I'm making this podcast on a on a Macintosh. Um, so I shop at the iTunes Music Store because they have things there that uh, that I want to hear, and that's an easy way for me to get them. And the player isn't an issue for me because I have an iPod. So as a consumer, those issues around DRM, at least as far as it goes to the iTunes Music Store, don't really bother me. But sort of as an artist, they do to some extent because I don't want to alienate any listener uh, because of what MP3 player they choose to use or if they choose not to use an MP3 player. It's um, so one of the things that I like about music. It's a subscription service where you download, I, th- I believe it's 40 tracks a month for $10, dollars nine ninety nine dollars 99 or whatever. Um, But one of the things that I love about eMusic is that what you download from them is a straight-up MP3. No DRM. You can play it on whatever you want to play it on. You can burn copies of it if you want to. You can do whatever you want with it. You've bought it, essentially, so it's yours. And I like that concept. Um, With that in mind, I have started a download store that I'm offering some of my music on. Uh, That download store is at Pepper Enterprises, Dot com. That's Pepper, P-E-P-P-E-R, Enterprises.com. Um, if you're curious, Pepper's my dog. That's uh, that's what the company's named after. And uh, and that store sells only 256K MP3s. So that's about twice the, the file depth that you would get from the iTunes Music Store or a lot of these other places. Um, so you know the download takes a little longer, but I think it sounds better. You know, and I'm, we're trying to find the balance between sort of the audio file component of, uh, of the market and the ease of digital downloading. And the, one of the beautiful things about having a download store is there's, there's really no overhead. And, uh, once the recording's made, you just, you know, if people are downloading, it, it doesn't cost anything. There's a, a great quote, uh, in a New York Times article about The Orchard, uh, talking about the economics of online stores is changing the financial calculations of the music business, making it profitable to sell a relatively small number of copies of a song, as long as a compact disc is not manufactured and distributed. And that's true. The manufacturing and distribution of of the actual physical disc has been the largest portion of the expense of most of the projects that I've done. Um, So to sort of test this theory... I've uh, done a new project with a guitarist named Ed Barrett where we recorded some duets, Uh, essentially free improvisation things. A couple of them had melodies that I wrote ahead of time that we based the improvisations on. But really it was just we went in and set up some microphones and played. And then I released this um, through the new store, PepperEnterprises.com, as a download only. So I've I've burned one CD of it so far, and that was to give to Ed to listen to before I put it up. And uh, curiously enough, that has been my most profitable release. Not that we've sold that many of them, because I haven't even really started to publicize the thing yet. But everything that we've sold has been profit, because it re- it cost us nothing to make. Um, I recorded it on gear that we already had. And put it up, you know, I guess you figure in the web hosting and whatnot, there's some expense there, but it's not nearly what it would cost to make CDs, you know, to have made a thousand CDs, even in cheap packaging, you're going to be close to a thousand dollars. And to burn them yourself, uh, you know, you're going to end up spending a couple bucks a piece to make them look good and, uh, and put them in a case and do all that stuff. So as a business model, if, if we can get the the consumer side to really get into purchasing music online. I, I think it opens up uh, some of these small markets of people that are doing, you know, interesting, weird improvisational things or, uh, or whatever little niche market you might be into. Um, it allows those artists to be able to create that music and do those things without having to come up with lots of money up front. Um, I know some people Prefer to have actual physical CDs, uh, which I do too in some cases. Um, although I'm I'm starting to get over that, but there's still some things that I want to hold the disc and and read the liner notes. Um, all the liner notes. Although you can you know you can do that with the download as well. What we're doing at Pepper Enterprises is uh, I've got liner notes for each each record up there that you can download as a PDF, and uh, and those you don't even have to buy the record. You can read the liner notes before you buy the downloads if that interests you. But I understand some people still want the the physical CD and uh, I think the technology's getting here even for on-demand CD manufacturing. There's a a company called Tectonic Sound which you can check out at tectonicsound.com that's got some of that in the works and I th- I think once that gets together um it'll really be possible to to make a to do a recording project and and not have the expense be any greater than the actual recording and uh and be able to sell it on demand as it's needed and so you only end up making as many discs as as people want to buy. You don't have any of that waste cuz you know you figure oh well if i make 1000 CDs and they only cost me a dollar a piece, well that's a dollar per CD. But if you only sell 200 of those 1000 CDs, well then they cost you $5 per CD. Um, and a lot of times we don't think about it like that in terms of cost, but we still look in our closet and have boxes of, of unsold CDs. So uh, that that's where I see the technology being able to help artists and uh, help us do things that maybe we couldn't afford to do before or help us make the things that we do more profitable so that it's easier to afford to do the next project because I don't think any of us are really trying to get rich on this. We're just trying to be able to keep making good music that we want to make. Um, with that in mind, I'm going to play something off of the new project I did with Ed. This is a uh, Jeff Albert and Ed Barrett. The album's called Duets Volume 1. And what I'm going to play for you is the second take uh, that we did on a melody called 504 No More, which is a, a tune that I wrote shortly after Hurricane Katrina actually wrote it on the day that I turned off my New Orleans cell phone, which hadn't worked in several weeks. And, uh, and I got a, a new number in a different city. Although I'm back in the New Orleans area now, I still have my Baton Rouge cell phone number. Um, anyway, this is called 504 No More, and it was the first thing we played the day that we recorded these. And then uh, we came back and did it again, and this is much different than the first take of it. Uh, but this is take two of it. This is Jeff Albert and Ed Barrett. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> 504 No More uh, from an album called Duets Volume 1 by uh, Jeff Albert and Ed Barrett I'm Jeff Albert Um, that's available only as a a download from PepperEnterprises.com which is an mp3 store sells 256k mp3s never any DRM so please go check that out Um, we're nearing the end of our podcast I uh, just to remind you the other music that you heard today earlier was from Jesse Lewis Union. The song was called White Pond Song and it's available at lakefrontdigital.com. Um the bumper music that you heard at the beginning of the show and what you'll hear at the end is a tune called Neon Monkey. That's from my CD called One, also available at lakefrontdigital.com and One is also available as a download at uh, Pepper Enterprises. Or on the iTunes Music Store, or at eMusic, or a variety of other places. And you can order the CD as well from CD Baby. Or if you go to jeffalbert.com or lakefrontdigital.com, there's links to where you can order the CD. Upcoming issues of the podcast should have uh, some interesting reviews and things. I'm planning on interviewing Rob Wagner uh, about his new CD entitled Lost Children which is available on Valid Records. Um, Hopefully the next podcast will have that interview and a review of that disc, uh, along with some of the music from that. Um, I'm going to leave you with a a quote. I have a four-year-old daughter, and uh, the other day we were in the car, and she informed me that she wants to be an artist when she grows up, because she likes to paint and draw and make things. And so that she thought if she was if she's an artist when she grows up, that she'll be able to continue to paint and draw and make things, and I said, "Yeah, that's good, sweetheart. You should be an artist. That's that. That'll be cool." And then, uh, and then of course she informed me. She says, "Well, but I'm gonna go to work too." So uh, my four-year-old has already realized that artists need day jobs. I, I don't know if that's a, a comment on society or on her skills of observation. But uh, anyway, thank you for listening. This has been the Scratch My Brain podcast. Um, If you'd like to comment on today's show, feel free to email me. Uh, The email address is jeff, J-E-F-F, at scratchmybrain.com. We'd love to hear from you. Or uh, go to the website, scratchmybrain.com, and read the blog, and feel free to comment on the posts. Um, Love to get some discussion going there. Um, Thanks. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the podcast of Scratch My Brain. Please visit us on the web at scratchmybrain.com. And as Father Valente would say, only listen to good music.